dismissed the children's church for those who go there. Uh, they'll just uh, make their way back to you, parents and grandparents. And all. Uh, but we've got a special pastor pal speaker today, Brother Ken, so generously volunteered to share with these youngins a neat object lesson. And so, as uh, a matter of fact, he does, uh, like, he and his wife and partner do certain seminars about how teachers can use object lessons and different things to improve. We all need improvement, that's all. All right, all right. Well, how many of y'all like the color? Y'all like the color? Raise your hand if you like. Oh, yeah, I enjoy color. In fact, take a look here. I've got my coloring book right here, and this is my Bible coloring book, but I always have a problem with it because take a look inside. There's no pictures. We have no pictures inside this Bible coloring book. I keep losing them. But you know what? Y'all can help me with that. Y'all are going to help me draw those pictures. So what I want you to do is reach into your pocket, grab your imaginary pencil. If you don't have a pocket, imagine you have a pocket, okay? All right? Now, draw, 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 draw. All right, you got it? Put your pencil back up again. You don't want to hurt nobody. Now, let's take a look and see if y'all did a great job. Well, look at there. Now, we've got some pictures all colored on, all drawn on there. That's great. Now, you know what we're going to do? We're going to color this here, okay? So what I want you to do is reach into your pocket, grab your most favorite color. You got it? Now, don't everybody get the same color, okay? All right, y'all get that color, 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 color. Stop. Put your color up. You don't want to lose it. And now let's take a look and see. Well, look at there. Look at there. Y'all did a great job in coloring. Great. And you know what? This says on this picture, it says, telling about Jesus. And we like to tell people about Jesus. In fact, this book here tells us about everybody in this world. Listen, there's some people that look like this. They don't know anything about Jesus. They have never heard about Him. But there's some people that look like this. You see, they know about Jesus up here in their head. They've heard about Him, but they've never prayed and accepted Him as their Savior. When you pray and accept Jesus as your Savior and you mean it in your heart, then you look like this because there's color in your life. And it's all because of what Jesus did for each and every one of us on the cross. So therefore, we need to have that time when we prayed and called upon Jesus as our Savior. And after we do that, then we have to go out and tell others about Jesus, okay? 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 Yeah. Yeah, that's what you need to do. <laughs> Thank you very much. Everybody bow your heads. Close your eyes. Thank you all for paying attention. Dear Jesus, thank you so very much for allowing us to know that you are the one who came, who gave his life, so that we could have eternal life with you, to live with you forever in heaven. And Father, I thank you for paying that price on the cross. In Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, go see your parents or grandparents, because we have some more from Brother Ken and Miss Barbara after this special. Uh, just real quick, of course, uh, we're sending the church out of uh, Oklahoma, uh, one of our ABA churches over there, but did an excellent job. They've done several upward closings or 
celebrations before. I'm going to share his ministry. I won't go into a huge amount of details. From South Louisiana, they consider Karen's from North Louisiana. Of course, to many people in South Louisiana, that's just Southern Arkansas uh, to them. <laughs> and uh, so I've enjoyed them. They stayed with us last night and enjoyed visiting with them. And matter of fact, he even went to the hog hut last night. We then took a big crew to the hog hut, and, and he put on a uh, some very neat, neat uh, illustrations, illusions, every word you'll use, uh, right there on the table, and uh, which was pretty cool. <coughs> Uh, later on at the counter, and but uh, sharing the gospel everywhere he goes. And so after this special event in Miss Barbara, y'all can share what God has laid on your heart. <clears throat> well, really, Daniel is. And I'll just go ahead and tell y'all that we're nervous because you're going to be able to tell anyway. So we're going to get that out of the way. All three of us are. So. I want to tell you all how this song happened. Jeff brought a CD, and we listened to it one Saturday after he got in. And it was new, brand new, and the songs on it were new, so there wasn't a soundtrack. And Daniel walked through, and he said, I really like that song, Mom. So I sat down at the piano and fooled with it until I figured out what the music was. And it was just basically two or three chords. So we practiced and practiced, and we recorded music, and so I could play the keyboard, and we could add some more music to it, but it just never worked out. We weren't comfortable with it, so we're just going to do the piano this morning, and Caleb's going to help us on the cymbals, so y'all bear with us. We're nervous. We may have to start over, but we're going to do this for God this morning, so it may not be perfect, but he'll see it that way. Calm the raging seas You command the highest mountains To fall upon their knees You're the one who welcomes sinners And you open blinded eyes You restored the brokenhearted And you brought the dead to life Forgetting all our sins You remember our promises. You are amazing, more than amazing. Forever, our God, you're more than enough. You are amazing. With authority you've spoken And you sent the captive free You're the king who came to serve And you're the God who washed our feet You're the one who took our burdens And you bled upon the cross In your grace and your mercy You became the way for us 
It was good. Yes, definitely. Um, I am Brother Ken Sibley. This is my wife, Sister Barbara. And the easy way to remember who we are is to think about Ken and Barbie. This is what they really look like over 50. (laughs) We travel this country helping churches and missions and our outreach in their community, giving out God's Word in a very different way. Um... You know, normally when we come into a place, people have three questions they ask us. The very first question is, where are you from? The second question is, what do you do? And the third question is, how did you do that? Well, I'll answer the first two questions for you, but I won't answer that last one. But the first question, where are we from? We're originally from South Louisiana, way down there where the Cajuns are. I am one of them. Our sending church is Wellston Missionary Baptist Church in Wellston, Oklahoma, and also Springer Missionary Baptist Church in Springer, Oklahoma. And I say we're originally from South Louisiana. That's where we live. But most of the time, most of the year, we're on the road traveling, trying to reach as many as we can with the gospel. We've got us a car. It's uh, 2009. Had it two years. Bought it with six six miles on it. Now we have over 104,000 miles on it. So the Lord keeps us busy traveling, giving out his word. Now, exactly what is it that we do? Well, when I was nine years old, 
I had a great interest in learning how to do magic tricks. I saw magicians come to my school. I saw them on TV. So I went to the library and I got books and I started reading and learning how to do these tricks. As I became an adult, I became a professional magician. I started working in places like Las Vegas and Atlantic City. I worked with Bob Hope doing USO shows overseas. I did local TV in Augusta, Georgia. I thought I had everything I needed in my life until one night I found myself standing on a football field in Albany, Louisiana. I was listening to a Baptist preacher preach. He was doing a crusade, and he asked one simple question. Why did Jesus die on the cross? Now, I never really thought about that. There I was. I was an adult in my 20s. I was raised as a Catholic. We had mass and everything. But to personally think about why Jesus died on the cross, I didn't understand until that night that Jesus died for me. It was that night I called upon Him as my Savior. The greatest thing that ever happened in my life. And then three weeks later, the Lord called me to preach. And I said, sure, Lord, but you can't mix magic and church. You can't do that. So I set aside the tricks. But later on, I was in a church in New Arizona. And they had opening assembly for Sunday school. And every week, people would get up and do five-minute object lessons. And they found out what I used to do and said, hey, you can use that for the Lord. And I said, I can. And they opened the Bible and showed me. In Exodus, Moses was called to lead the children of Israel. But he had doubts. And while he was standing there talking to God, he had this rod in his hand, this big stick. And God said, take that stick and throw it on the ground. And he did, and it turned into a snake. And then God said, reach down and grab that snake by the tail. Now, I don't know about y'all, but in South Louisiana, we don't go around picking up snakes by the tail. But that's what God told Moses to do, and he did, and it turned back into a rod. Jesus walked on the water. Why? Just to say, hey, look what I can do? Now, while he was out there, Peter saw him, and Peter said, Lord, can I come out there with you? And Jesus said, sure, and Peter walked on the water. But then Peter took his eyes off of Jesus and noticed the storm around him and started sinking into that water. How often do we do that ourselves? We take our eyes off of Jesus, notice things of the world around us, and start sinking into the sins of this world. What's great to know is when Peter said, Lord, help me, Jesus was right there to help him. Now, those are miracles. We don't do miracles. Everything we do is by mechanical means. That means you can pick it up and do it if you know the secret. Or it takes a lot of practice. The only power that we have is the same power that everybody else in here has. In John chapter 1, verse 12, it says you had a power to become the sons of God. That's the only power that we need. That's God's power. That's the only one we need in our life. You know, the Lord has allowed me to pastor a couple of our ABA churches. He's allowed me to be a missionary in a couple of mission works. But now he has me and my wife traveling this country, giving out his word in a very different way. You know, he keeps us busy with the vacation Bible schools, with camps, with crusades, just everything. In fact, at the, beginning of May, at the end of May, we leave from our home down in South Louisiana, and we start doing week after week vacation Bible schools and camps as we travel this country, and we won't get back home until the beginning of November. But that's fine because we love traveling, giving out God's Word. He has us going out as far west as the Navajo Nations. He has us going over to the east into Virginia, Maryland. We're going to be up as far as in the states here as far as Minnesota. He also got us down in South Texas. But then we also, as soon as our summer finished, we're up into Canada. So we enjoy traveling and giving out God's Word. And I ask you to keep us in prayer as we do that. As any missionary, we obviously need monthly support. We do need that to keep going. But I also know that where God guides, He provides for us, and He will. 
And so I ask you to keep us in prayer. Think about those things there. Uh, we've had some even missionaries that want us to come overseas, to go to Romania, to go to Philippines, to go to Belize, to go to other places. And we are looking forward to be able to do that. But we only need the help of God to get us there through people like y'all that provides what we need. So keep us in prayer as we travel. Now, I'm eager to get started with what my wife has for you. Sister Barbara, is there anything I'm leaving out? Oh, yes, 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 yes. yes. I forgot about this. She has on the table back there, she has some CDs of her singing and stuff like that, and that's just for a donation to our ministry. So you've got that back there. And also, we have a uh, flyer back there concerning a cruise that we do. Uh, next year, March, we're going to be taking a cruise with the Mattingly family, and we have several other ABA groups that are going to be on this cruise as we travel. And it's a real cheap price on there as far as being able to go for the week. That's leaving out of Tampa. So if you have an interest in going to a cruise and listening to good southern gospel music, then please come join us. Sister Barbara? Good morning. It's good to see everybody this morning. Well, like you said, I'm Miss Barbara. Now, for those of you who were at the Upwards Banquet last night, do y'all remember this guy's name here? What is it? Zee. Hey, they remember. Well, I think they liked me. Did y'all like me? Yeah. Well, my name is Ezekiel Hezekiah, really. But my friends call me Z, and I guess you're my friend. Yeah, I think they're your friends. Now, Zeke, last night, you sang How Great Thou Art. Y'all remember that? You sang the song How Great Thou Art? Well, since so many of you are here that were here last night, what did Grandma and Grandpa were supposed to sing this morning? Really? Where are they? Well, Brother Ken forgot to put them in the car. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Down in my heart. Where? 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 Down in my heart. Where?
know when you my heart? Um, not later. I'm the my heart. Where? They my heart, things that not there. <laughs> Okay, maybe some of them aren't sure. You said they knew it. <laughs> what did they want? Okay, the next verse says, I've got the wonderful love of my blessed Redeemer way down in the depths of my heart. What? Can I say that? While we practice, I think you can do it. Okay, I got the what? I got the wonderful love of my blessed Redeemer way down in the depths of my heart. Okay, you're going to I got the wonderful love of my blessed redeemer way down in the depths of my heart. Where? Down in the depths of my heart. Where? Down in the depths of my heart. Don't do it. <laughs> I got the wonderful love of my blessed redeemer way down in the depths of my heart. Where? Down in the depths of my heart. Do you say? Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, we have one more verse. Can I sing the last verse? Sure, you have not yet. <laughs> okay, I'm going to sing the last verse and you do my part, okay? Okay, good. You know what to do? Okay. The last verse says, And if the devil doesn't like it, he can sit on a tax. Oh. Sit on a tax. Oh. Why do you keep doing because I want you to say out. I can say out, but out the two to me. Okay, you know where to say it? Yeah. Okay, I won't pinch you this time. Thank you. And if the devil doesn't like it, he can sit on a tack. No, no. Where? Out! <laughs> sit on a tack. Please say, y'all sing the last part with him, okay? And I'm so happy. So very happy, I have the love of Jesus in my heart, and in my heart, and I'm so happy, so very happy, I, hold it, hold it, hold it, I have the love of Jesus in my heart. Now, Zeke, I'm going to sing a song now, okay? Okay, I guess I'll let you. Okay, can you sit there quietly while I sing? Oh, come on. Try hard. Okay, right again. It's hard for me. Oh, yeah. 
Sister Barbara and Z. You're welcome. How many believe I can take this milk, put it above my head, turn it over, and it won't get all over me? How many believe that? Raise your hand. Okay, your hand came up first. I said milk. <laughs> come right on up here, please. Now come take a stand right over here. And what's your name? Caitlin, I want you to watch this real closely. I'm going to pour it in here just like that. How about I put it above your head and turn it over? No. How about I do it to me first? How about I stand real close to you and do it? No? Alright, let's try. One, two, three. Hey, look, it worked. You see that look? Give her a hand for her help I made. Thank you very much. Believe versus faith. Believe versus faith. I asked how many believe that I could do that, and several hands went up, and Caitlin came right on up here. But you know what? Faith is putting your belief in action. And you know what? Caitlin wasn't ready for me to do that. But that's okay, Caitlin, because sometimes my wife don't trust me either. All right? But when it comes to believing in our faith, how many of us say we believe this? God's Word. Yes, great. But you know what? Faith is putting our beliefs in action. Doing what God's Word tells us to do. Following God's Word. In fact, I see in James 1.22, it says, But be ye doers of the Word, and not hearers only. <coughs> we need to do what God wants us to do, and not just be a hearer of His Word. But you know what? Sometimes that gets difficult. Sometimes we have a problem with doing what God tells us to do. In fact, the one that wrote the most of the New Testament, Paul, he said one time, why is it I do the things I don't want to do, and the things I don't want to do, I do? I'm sure that we all have that problem in our life. There's things that we know we shouldn't be doing, and we do them anyway. There's things we do in our life, you know, things we know we need to be doing, and we don't do them. So we have that problem in our life, and we will have that problem all the way until the end of our days. But you know what? That problem goes all the way back a long ways of following and doing what God wants you to do. <clears throat> In fact, I've got something right here. Y'all know what I have right here? Y'all can answer out loud. Y'all know what I have? It Actually, it's a piece of paper with the Bible written on it. <laughs> but you know what? It tells us that in the Bible, a long time ago, God made this earth. And when He made this earth, He put a man on this earth. What was that first man's name? That's right. And then he put a woman on this earth. And what was her name? And then he told them you can eat of all the trees of the garden, right? Except for one. There's one tree they couldn't eat of. Now, back then, Adam and Eve didn't have that book we call the Bible. But the Bible is God's Word. And they had God's Word, and God's Word said, don't eat of that tree. But one day, Eve got to walking around that tree. She got to talking to somebody, a serpent, a snake. Who was she talking to? 
Satan, the devil, that's right. And as she was talking to him, he said, Eve, you don't have to listen to God. It's okay for you to eat of this tree. It won't hurt you. See, God just don't want you to have the knowledge that he has. Well, you know what? At that point in time, what the devil was doing was he was tearing apart God's word. Well, you know what? Eve listened to him. And she took some of that fruit and ate of it. And then she gave some to Adam and he ate of it. And because they didn't do what God told them to do, their life started falling apart. What happens when we don't do what God tells us to do? Our life falls apart also. But you know what we're told in Psalms 119, verse 11, to hide God's Word in our heart that we may not sin against Him. God's Word will always be there for us no matter what. We'll have God's Word that we can follow. In. Don't worry about that. You see, God's Word will always be there for us no matter... Y'all weren't convinced of this, huh? Y'all were concerned about that paper down there. Okay, I guess I'll show you that paper down there. Oh, yes, you see? God's Word will always be there for us, no matter what, because of God's power. You see that? We can have God's power in our lives if we choose to do what He tells us to do. But you know what? It is a difficult thing to do because sin comes our way all the time. Now, Sister Barbara, I need a big, strong fella to help me. Would you, sir, please come take a stand right over here? Thank you very much. And now I need a small girl to help me. (laughs) Come right on up here. Thank you very much. I'd like you to take a stand right there. Thank you. Now, where is my milk? No, I'm not going to do the milk. But here's what we're going to do here is I've got this piece. Hold that piece of paper there so everybody can see what it says. Sir, will you take this one here and hold that up so everybody can see it? And then I've got one for myself. Now, what do we have written on this piece of paper? That's right. And how do we spell that word sin? And what's the middle letter there? That's right, and you know what? When we start looking at what I want in life and don't look at what God wants in our life, then we start sinning. Because I is right in the middle of sin. Now, I want you to notice here, she has her sin, I've got my sin, he's got his sin. And we, have, we all have our sins that we hold near and dear to us. But you know what? That's not what God wants us to do. When sin comes our way, we need to get rid of it. And the way we do that is following and doing His Word. Remember in James 1.22, Be ye doers of the Word and not hearers only. It's doing what God's Word says. Now, we're going to do a little bit of pretending, okay? Let's take a step up here once. I thank you very much. Now, we're going to pretend, okay? We got this young fellow right here. You know what? He can't find his Bible. He don't know if there's dust on it at all. He he only sees it twice a year, and that's Christmas and Easter. And Now, remember, we're pretending, okay? But he thinks the last book of the Bible is concordance. It's maps. No, I'm joking. But now, we're pretending, okay? All right, good. Now, step right on up here. Now, this young lady, she gets into God's Word. She studies God's Word. She's got it down. She knows the books of the Bible from the beginning to the end. And you know what? She can even say them backwards. Now, you want to say the books backwards? You want me to? (laughs) 
They always pick me. All right, let's see if I can get this right this time. Genesis, X, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. I enjoy doing that. <laughs> but y'all get the picture. Now, now, what I want you to do is watch what I do. All right, don't do nothing yet, but you see how easy when sin comes our way and we use God's Word, there we go, it gets rid of it just like that. Now, we're going to have a contest, see who can get rid of their sin the quickest, okay? In just the same manner as what I did there. So put yours out there, put yours out there in the middle right there, all right? Now, you cheer for who you want to cheer for. One, two, three, go, 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 tear, go, 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 go. Stop! Look at this. She got hers all tore up. She did a great job. But, but look over here. <laughs> he had a hard time getting rid of his. Give them both a hand, please. Thank you very much. How true this is to life. When we don't get into God's Word and use it in our lives and do what it says, sin comes our way and it's very hard to tackle that sin. It just sticks with us. It's right there. We've got to be doers of God's Word. We've got to follow God's Word. And that's what He wants us to do. That's why He has it there for us. You know, but you know, that problem is a problem all the way through our nation. Our nation is in darkness of sin. There's a lot that are in darkness of sin there. But I think back concerning our nation. And I remember its beginnings. As I take a look here, I have this, these silks here, a red, a white, and a blue. What's that remind you of? Our flag, that's right. And you know what? When it comes to our flag, the colors mean something. For me, as I look at those colors, I think about the red. I think about the blood that was shed for our country. That we can have the freedom to worship God. The freedom of religion that we have. The freedom that comes from those who have given their lives for us. But I also think about this blood and think about our Savior. How He shed His blood on the cross for each and every one of us. And that's what it's really all about. What Jesus did for us that we need to focus on Him. And look at that. Then I take a look at this white. And when I think about that, I think about purity. There was a time in our nation when they knew the difference between right and wrong. There was no such thing as situation ethics. Well, in this case it's okay, but in this case it's not. No, when it comes to issues, when it comes to things that we do, if God says it's wrong, it's wrong, and that's it. Because we base it upon God's Word. There was a purity here. But I also look at this and I think about our Savior, that there is none good, no, not one, except for our Savior. And He wanted to see us start a country, a place to worship and turn to Him. So I look at that and I see that. You know, let me say one more thing about this. There are some people in our nation that they do have the idea of morals, but their morals don't fit what God says. So they'll sit there and they'll keep something. You know, we always have to be good in our own view. But I look at this blue. And when I think about that, I think about a loyalty, true blue. I think about a loyalty that's in our country. Of people are willing to stand up and say that we are Americans. To stand up and follow with our country. But when I also think about this blue, to be a loyal, true American means you need to follow God's Word. Because God's Word is what our country was founded upon. Our laws were founded upon God's Word. But yet there are those that want to leave out God's Word. They don't want to have it involved. And the end result is you end up with a flag 
that looks like this. Now, that don't look right, does it? There's something missing. You know, growing up as a child, I remember the way things looked in the country. And even though I wasn't saved at that point in time, I knew that God and His Word meant something. That we need to have God's Word involved in our country. We need to have it back again the way it needs to be. And when we do that, then things look the way that it ought to be. Then it looks right. You know, our country is in darkness of sin. And we need to be busy telling people about Jesus. Pointing them in the right direction once again. In New York Harbor, there stands for all to see. Above the water, way up high, a lady. And in her hand, she holds a torch. Raised up to the sky. And all who see this statue remember those who bled and died for our country and for our freedom. For this lady stands for liberty. Liberty for you and I.
You know, when we speak about our country and we see being doers of God's Word, we have to start that in the home. That's where it needs to be taking place, in the home. Sister Barbara, I need two volunteers, but they've got to be married, where the man can take his ring off. She volunteers a married couple. The man has to have a ring and he can get it off his hand. Come on, raise your hand. Dallas? Yeah? You're looking. You got one? Come on. 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 Come right on up here, please. Thank you very much. Sir, will you come and take a stand right there, please? Ma'am, I need you to stand over there by that other speaker there. Step right over here just a little bit. Thank you very much for volunteering. May I see your ring, please? (laughs) You know, when it comes to a family, God intended that to start with a marriage. And in that marriage, He intended that to start between a man and a woman. Not a woman and a woman. Not a man and a man. But between a man and a woman. That was God's intentions. But you know what? In that marriage ceremony, the preacher would stand up and he'd hold up the ring and he'd talk about the precious metal that that ring is made of. And he'd talk about the precious love that needs to be there between, needs to be there between the man and the woman. But he'd also speak about the endless circle of the ring and the endless love that needs to be there. The same kind of love that God has for us needs to be in that family, in that marriage. Would you hold on to this ring for me once, sir? But you know what? Sometimes sin comes into the picture. When we're not doers of God's Word, but we're only hearers, then we're not following it in our home, then problems come into the place. I'm going to take and put this ring right up under here, just like this here. All right. And I want you, sir, to hold on to that ring, just like that. Hold it up there. Just right there we go. All right, but you know what? I've got a box right here. Many years ago, a woman would have a hope chest in hopes of a good marriage and a good family. In that hope chest, she'd have dishes and blankets and quilts and things like that. Well, here's your hope chest. It's kind of small, but it's okay, okay? There we go. And she's hopes of a good marriage, a good family. Now, he's here holding on to that ring, holding on to that marriage, but you know what? As time goes on, if we're not doers of God's Word in our home and following it and having the devotions as we ought to, before you know it, the marriage can become dissolved. It's gone. Hey, you're not keeping my ring. <laughs> but hold on. She's got hope. Remember our hope chest? She's got hope for that good man. Get on in that hope chest and see what you got. Get on in there. Well, go through the bottom. Go through the back. I guess you have no hope. (laughs) Well, maybe a key would work. A key to a good family, a key to a great marriage and a great family is in Jesus Christ. He needs to be that third person involved in a marriage. Not a mother-in-law, not a father-in-law, but it needs to be Jesus to be that third person in that marriage. Sir, will you please take this key, go over there and unlock that lock and let everybody see what you're doing. 
And ma'am, would you take a look inside there and see what's there? Is that his ring? Well, take it out and put it back on his finger where it belongs. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you. You know, when you look today and the things that are going on today in this world and even in our own nation as we look at it, more so, we need to be pointing people to God. More so, we need to be doers ourselves of God's Word and not hearers only. You know, this world wants to point you in many different directions. But this world doesn't even know what it wants. This world doesn't even know what it needs. Because you see, when God made us, He made us with a spot on the inside that's empty. There's only one thing that can fill that spot. And that's Jesus Christ. There are those who have tried other things in this world. Alcohol, drugs, other things that they try to fill that emptiness. But they can't seem to get enough. It seems like they have a thirst there that they can't quit. They need more and more and more. But you know, one day Jesus was walking down the road and He seen need to stop and talk to a woman at a well and He asked her of some water to drink. And she gave Him of that water. But then Jesus told her of water that she would never thirst again. And Jesus was speaking about Himself. Jesus is that living water. He is the one that can quench that thirst. He is the one that we can turn to. But yet there are those who refuse to see that Jesus is the one that can help them. They refuse to understand that Jesus is the one they need to fill that emptiness. In fact, some will even wait until their world has been turned upside down but before they'll turn to Jesus. But you know what? We're told in the book of Acts that the disciples turned their world upside down telling people about Jesus. And that's what we need to be doing. Kids, we need to turn the schools upside down telling people about Jesus. Adults, we need to be turning the workplaces upside down telling people about Jesus. Church, we need to be turning the community and from there on out into this world telling people about Jesus. Because, you know, Jesus came for one reason and one reason only, and that was simply to die on the cross for our sin, shedding His blood for you and I. You know, there's an old song we sing. There's power in the blood. There's power in the blood. Listen, there's still saving power in that blood. People can still be saved today. And if you're sitting here today and you don't know Jesus as Savior, then there's nothing you've done so bad that you can't be saved. Jesus still saves. And there's a keeping power in that blood. Listen, we're going to stumble. We're going to fall in this Christian life. We're going to have trouble dealing with that sin and things like that when we're not doers of God's Word. But God made provisions of that, that we can ask forgiveness of Him, that we can come to an altar and talk to Him and tell Him that we know that we've stumbled, we fall. But we need His strength to live that life. And that brings us to a sustaining power, a power, His power, through His blood. You know, I didn't read the whole verse to you as I read it to you. In James one twenty two, it says, But be ye doers of the Word, 
and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. Listen to that. Deceiving your own selves. Now, that word deceiving is tricking yourself. Now, I do some of these tricks here to give out God's Word, and I might fool some people with them sometimes. But you know what? This says deceiving your own selves. So it's not me deceiving you. It's not even the devil deceiving you. It's you deceiving your own self if you think that you can hear God's Word and not do anything about it. Then you're deceiving your, God, your own self. If there's things in your life and you know you're having problems in your life because you're not following God's Word, you can't point your finger at anyone else. You have to point your finger at yourself. I'd like us all to stand quietly. And Brother Michael comes forward. I want us to bow our heads and close our eyes. Why don't you set aside thinking about how these tricks were done. But I want you to think about the message. It says, Be ye a doer of God's Word, and not a hearer only. Have you done the very first thing that God wants you to do? Now, I'm not asking, have you joined this church? I'm not asking, have you been baptized? I'm, the very first thing that He wants you to do is be saved. If you're standing here right now and you don't know for sure that if you died right now that you'd go to heaven, then it's as simple as ABC. You need to have a time when you can admit that you have sin in your life. You know that you have sin. Things you've done that are bad. Things you've done that are wrong. You've got to believe that Jesus died on the cross for your sins. That He was buried on that third day He arose. And then you have to call upon Him as our Savior. You need to have that time when you mean it in your heart and you say, Jesus, I know You died for me. I know, Lord, You died for my sins. Please come into my heart and be my Savior today. You need to have a time when you've done that. If you're standing here right now and you're not sure about that, you don't know for sure if you died right now that you'd go to heaven. I'd like you to raise your hand. Nobody's going to embarrass you. If you're not sure that if you died right now that you'd go to heaven, you're not sure about heaven, raise your hand. Now, if you've got your hand up, I'm going to ask you to do something. I'm going to ask you to step out from right where you're at and you come right on up here and you talk to this preacher. And he'll help you. He'll help you to understand what you need to do. Come on. Maybe you didn't raise your hand, but you know you're lost. You know you're not going to heaven. Come right on up here. Maybe you're standing here and you know Jesus is Savior. That's great. That's wonderful. But have you been living a life for Him? Is there areas of your life you know that you need to get better with? You need to get a better relationship with Him. Come down, kneel at this altar. Talk to God.